podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing this fine evening? I could not be better. There could have been a zombie apocalypse today and I still would have been doing fantastic because Talanoa Hufunga got his first career start and he showed up in a big way and I loved watching him. Yeah. That was the highlight of the game for me. Easy was seeing he him was out great. there every single defensive play. I, loved I it. yeah, you know, I'm I'm back in on the 49ers season. Not gonna lie, and I was just a little starstruck because I realized that it's pretty cool to know that Kyle Shanahan listens to our podcast because he started running Elijah Mitchell so much. So, Coach, thanks for tuning in. We're glad that you take our advice. <laughs> it was it was great to see Elijah Mitchell out there with I think 190 yards. He led the NFL in rushing this week. So good job, Elijah. Good job, Kyle, for tuning into the choosing the right podcast to get your fan advice for your coaching. See, that's funny. I feel like he would never. I feel like this uh, this last week yesterday did not show me that he listens because I said, hey, spread the ball around. Uh, Don't just have, (laughs) I guess, receiving yards or receiving wise. He did. Uh, Brennan Ayuk is back from the dead. Yeah, that was in a small way. He was targeted, but also in some crunch time moments. Um, the ball was spread around to at least Muhammad and had some, uh, a couple other guys, Charlie Warner, Jamichael hasty had like two receptions, but still on the run game, I believe hasty had four attempts for like three yards. And yes, it is that way. I believe four attempts, three yards. Um, he was not able to get anything going on the ground, but we also yeah. didn't give him too many opportunities, but I just, you know, we're not giving Elijah Mitchell a workload like Derek Henry. But Derrick Henry is Three having foot surgery. Three attempts, four yards, actually, Daniel. Oh, I did have it Sorry. backwards? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a better average, so I will take that. Yeah. But Derrick Henry is having foot surgery, and, sh- and sure, it could be a, a freak accident or a, an injury, but with him getting almost 30 attempts week in, week out, his foot might just be a little tired from running all over every defense he plays because they do not let anyone else touch the ball. And yeah. so I just want to make sure that something similar does not happen to Elijah Mitchell. And I, we I have do, I do think he's nursing some, he's nursing some injured ribs now too. He is. Um, worth noting that Jeff Wilson is hopefully coming back soon. And Jermichael Hasty got a lot of work in the receiving game. So like, yes, Mitchell was by far the guy in the rushing game. Well, except for, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, oh, yeah. coming yeah. out as a dual threat quarterback. But uh, Jamichael Hasty was was getting the lion's share of the receiving game, so there was there was some different players involved in that running back position. But yeah, Mitchell Mitchell looked good. I think Hasty only had two receptions though, so it wasn't a big portion of it. Yeah, he but he picked get, up a lot of yards on. Yeah, twenty nine between the two, and I think one was a was a much bigger one, and one was not yeah. much of a game. Twenty three so. yards was one of them, and then the other one must have been six yards to get it to him. To 229 yards. Here's a here's a fun little story. I don't know how many fans heard about this because I read it in the paper today. Let me repeat that. I read it in the newspaper today. Which paper you Why, got? Yes, up there for our East Bay locals. I don't even know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I rarely do, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna read it uh, this morning and see what they're talking about the Niners. 
And uh, Kyle Shanahan gave Mitch Wisnowski's wife. Did you see this, Timmy? I did. I did. I saw it on Twitter. He gave Kyle G- – oh, it was on Twitter? Okay. Yeah. He gave his wife a game ball because Mitch's wife gave birth to their son. I daughter. A I daughter. Uh, I think 50, her name – Someone involved's name is Molly. I'm not sure if it's Mitch Wisnowski's wife or, or his daughter, but okay. well, there's a Molly involved. Mitch Wisnowski's wife gave birth to one of their children, and that was Saturday. That was Saturday. I don't know what time. I don't remember what time. But Mitch was on a plane and back in Chicago by 7 a.m. so he could play in Sunday's game. Timmy, do you know off the top of your head how many punts he had on Sunday? Zero. No punts. Should have stayed home, Mitch. Mitch Wisnowski flew I don't remember from where I'm assuming either from home in San Francisco or if they have a home somewhere else where his family is during the season um, flew to Chicago by 7am, not at, but by 7am to be there for the game did not punt once. And so Kyle is giving the game ball to his wife. So because she had to somewhat allow Mitch to go to work, to go be there to be a placeholder for Joey Sly's kicks all day. He did not punt the ball once. I just cannot believe. How do you think that feels as a punter? Do you think there's part of them that's like, oh, I want to get out there and rip one, just hit a nice punt. But they're – I would be like, this yeah. is great. Like, <laughs> just it's sit great. here. I mean, he wants to play, but he's also excited that his team isn't punting. Granted, we did have turnovers. It just wasn't off of any punts, or we didn't go forth and whatever to punt. No. Um, but he might be upset. But do you know who's probably way more upset? His wife. Probably because he didn't even have yeah. to show up. He flew across the country after the baby was born and didn't have to do anything. That's what Kyle was saying is he, he, he said in his, his quote was, you know, it was so nice having Mitch there, just peace of mind in case we needed to punt. Are you kidding me? That's his awesome. wife is a rock star. Like he just peaced yeah. out after she gave birth to their well, child after holding it for nine in months. In fairness, a lot of NFL players miss that. So props to Mitch for being totally. there at all. Um, but congratulations to the Wisnowskis. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> enjoy the game ball. Enjoy the child. Um, yeah. I hope they give that game ball to to their child one day yeah. when they're old enough, even though it so absolutely too. goes to Mitch's wife for, for doing that. Yeah. You know, just in the just whole have, giving birth thing. I hear it's I hear it's not the best. But I think he, he was he was definitely there for that. But then just, you know. It's not like, oh, it's no big deal afterwards. So he's just, I'm out, going to yeah. work. <laughs> then he didn't have to do anything. That's true. Um, yeah. All right, Daniel, you want to take us into some segments? Yep. Let's get into some news real quick. Um, really not a whole lot of news for us other than, Timmy, you were just saying, how many games are we out of playoff contention in this early part of the, in the first eight weeks of the season? In the loss column, we are zero games out of the NFC wildcard spot. And just because we have our bye week, we're not, we're not in it. So I know I said last week that I thought the 49ers season was over. I think the 49ers season as a Super Bowl contender is probably still over. But, you know, never say never. But the 49ers season as a playoff contender is, is well within, within the realm of possibility. So this is going to be an interesting few weeks to see what happens here. I almost started singing. Never say never by Justin Bieber, but I figured, you know what? You're you're glad I you're glad I didn't, but I know the listeners really would have loved to hear it. Yeah, they probably would have. I've got way more injuries than I would like to note 
So I'm going to start off with a good note saying that Trey Lance and Trent Williams were healthy for this game, even though we saw zero of Trey Lance, sadly. But we saw a good amount of Trent Williams, which is great. This is the big news. Also a good note. George Kittle, Robbie Gould, and Jeff Wilson Jr. should hopefully be getting back to some sort of probably limited practice this week. Yeah, but Kittle and Gold are eligible to come off the IR this week, so there is a chance Wilson, I believe, is eligible because he, he's already been on it for plenty of weeks. Did they, did they start the the twenty one day window for Wilson? I know they did for Kittle. Um, I I don't think so. Not that I've heard at least because I know that no. the last report was late November, and it is November first. Happy November, everyone! So I'm assuming that twenty one day window still gets us into. Yes, late November, like early late November. Yeah. We're gonna go with that. Well, so for Kittle, Kittle's playing on Sunday. It seems like that's the news we're seeing. Um, that's I think Kyle Shanahan basically came out and said like, yeah, he's gonna play, and that that could not come in at a better time. Right when this team hits a little momentum, give them not only maybe their best player, but also the guy who is clearly undoubtedly the heart and soul of this team coming back yep. from injury. I think, I think that's huge. So I'm, I'm very excited to have Kittle back out there next week and I have him on a fantasy team. So that just lost Derek Henry. So we'd like, we'd Ooh. like him back. I just, I want to see him be used in a huge way. I'm tired of seeing these four receptions for 40 to 50 yards from him. Um, get I think him on a deep route. I, you know, I, I say that because I feel like he always comes back in a big way. But no, no reason, nothing from this season has shown me that that is likely. You know, the ball only goes to Debo Samuel for big yards. I just don't even like, you know, just a side note on Debo is watching this game early in the game. I'm going, okay, Debo's not getting that many yards. They're kind of shutting him down a little bit. Like his yards came later in the game. And then he just gets these freak plays. I, I won't get into it now because I want to well, talk about it as the breakdown. I got, I got some Debo stuff to break down too. Don't you worry. Absolutely. Um, but n- there's been no reason for me to believe that George Kittle is going to come back in a huge way other than my hopes and dreams of him getting eight receptions for like 120 yards and a touchdown or two. Um, I would love it. I just, I, it hasn't seemed likely to me. So I don't know to finish off the injuries. Um, as I said, Kittle, Gold, and Wilson could be practicing this week. Some of them will be for sure. Uh, Debo Samuel, his his cap is still bothering him, so he should be limited this week, uh, assuming he'll suit up on, on Sunday. Um, but he will be limited in practice to start the week. Same thing with Elijah Mitchell. As you said, Timmy, that he has a rib injury, so I think he's going to have a slow day on Wednesday, and then we'll see yeah. how much he gets into it. It didn't seem and, like a um, it, it didn't seem like a big deal. I think he'll be back. No, just just be slow coming back to monitor it. Make sure it's nothing big. He's probably got a couple broken ribs. You know, I wouldn't be able to walk for weeks. An NFL player will probably play on Sunday. And go get hit there again. Um, Aziz, Alshair, and D Ford were both out this Sunday. I have not seen any real reports or timetables on them. Um, I have not heard any big injuries or anything on them at all. So I'm hoping and assuming they'll be ready to go for Sunday. Uh, but I have not seen anything on them. Timmy, I don't know if you have. I just know that they were out on Sunday. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen anything on those two either. Okay, just making sure that none of us are truly out of the loop. Here's where some of the sad news comes in is Jaquaski Tart was placed on IR on Saturday, I believe. I'm surprised so you think miss... that's sad. 
Well, you know, just a st- another starter going down. Uh, I just say I that, think. listeners, because that means more time for Daniel's favorite 49er, Talanoa Hufanga. Talanoa Hufanga. We love him. We love him. Sorry but, that he's from USC, but I love yeah, him. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Also, Joukowsky Tardis is injured, and that's a bummer. Yeah. An already yeah. depleted secondary gets more depleted. Absolutely. So Tart uh, – will be out one to two weeks. Sorry, yes. No, he will not be because he's on the IR. That was Jimmy Ward. He'll be out one to two weeks. But Jaquaski Tart, are, you know, you have to log three games once you're on IR. And so he got his first game being on IR on Sunday. He was placed on injured reserve, on, which is a smart move by Kyle and the, the front office to do that so that one of those games gets credited right away. Um, so he'll be out another few weeks. It, his is his knee. And Jimmy Ward has a quad strain, so he'll be out for another week or two. So he played the majority of the game, and I believe Tavon Wilson came in for the last 13 defensive snaps. But wow. both backup uh, safeties, not tight ends, safeties, Talano Hufunga and Tavon Wilson are most likely, I think, just about 100% going to start on Sunday. So yeah. depleted secondary we need to see these guys show up we saw a lot of uh three cornerback usage with um emmanuel mosley josh norman and kwan williams all getting a lot of snaps on sunday i assume yeah. we're going to see a lot of that as well this next sunday against the cardinals yeah the last bit of news i'm sure you've all heard it if you've paid any attention to anything 49ers football this week that javon kinlaw is out for the year after having knee surgery, I believe he's already had the surgery. Yeah. He had it almost like right after the game on, on last week, I believe. Yeah, he had it pretty and, recently, pretty quickly. And and Kyle said that he believes that this has fixed everything in his knee. The surgeon says that they think they got to the root of the problem this time. Javon Kinlaw has been nursing this knee injury since college. Uh, we still took him 13th overall. I don't know if you've heard listeners, but I have some thoughts on that. But it's been a long issue, and... Hopefully this is the end of it and Kinlaw can come back next season and be worth the 13th overall pick. I have my doubts, but you know, I want him, I want him to prove me wrong. Yeah, I would be excited for that to happen too. We're gonna have to wait quite a while to see that. Um, Yeah, that is all I have for injuries. Let me just really quickly tell you the inactives for Sunday. Travis Benjamin, Ambry Thomas, Diamador Lenore, and as I said, Aziz, Alshair, and D. Ford were out. There was uh, injured, not healthy scratches. They were injured, obviously. Aaron Banks and Maurice, Maurice, I always put a T at the end of his name. Maurice Hurst was also injured. And I do not remember off the top of my head what his injury was. But with the depleted secondary, I know it's mainly in the safeties, or in the safeties right now. All of our cornerbacks are healthy. I still want to see Diomedo Lenore. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just. That's all I'm gonna say because I'm gonna be grateful and thankful and appreciative of seeing Talano Hufunga get some playing time. But I want the future of our defense to be our secondary to be in those two guys, Hufunga and Lenore, and I would be excited for that. So I'd like to see Ambry Thomas too. We drafted him pretty yes. high for a guy right. who hasn't played. I don't know if I mean that in like I think the coaching staff should play him. I mean that more in like he should step up and like. and earn being played but still yeah and just in the future we would love to see him you know be at the very minimum a third round pick value and it'd be pretty cool if he was more yeah oh for sure 
For sure. It'd be nice to get some value on draft picks. Timmy, I know it might not have been the start to the season with Trey Lance that we had thought. I think you and I both predicted a lot more of Trey, um, what, whether he's healthy or not. So let's go into Trey Watch. And uh, yeah. listeners, he did not get in this game, but he was healthy. Granted, this was his first game back after missing just one week, right? Well, yeah, one week. One week of being, like, injured, injured. Yeah. So why did we not see him? What are some theories of why we did not see him? We didn't need him. (laughs) Jimmy played well. Jimmy balled out. Jimmy scored a touchdown on a quarterback keeper off of a read option that Kyle Shanahan called. I mean, he did everything we needed him to do, and there wasn't, like, I mean, I love seeing Trey in there, but there wasn't a time where we needed when we needed the spark. Maybe this was Jimmy's uh, chance to try to shoot up that trade value. The 49ers will move him tomorrow <laughs> at the trade deadline. I highly doubt that. Listeners, if they do, we'll try to get some emergency podcast content out for you or something. But um, I doubt that happens. But yeah, it just it wasn't a it wasn't a trade game and and it worked and Jimmy played his best game of the season. So, I mean, makes sense to me that we didn't see Trey. Yeah, no, I, I I agree for the most part, but I do think that at least early in the game, I would have loved to see him come in. And as you used the word spark, I think that is exactly what I wanted to see early in the game. Yeah, um, I was not impressed with the Niners offense to start the game. Um, we did get down into field goal range on the first drive. We had an attempt and I believe Joey Sly missed the first attempt of the game. So getting a, a goose egg after the first attempt was a bummer and then the, the bears went up and and they scored and we just we took a while to get going so when i'm watching the game i i would not have guessed that the final score would have been 33 to 22 yeah. um i i might have guessed that we we come out on top um but i definitely would not have guessed that we managed to get 33 points and um, i was very surprised about how the how the game turned around towards the second half um yeah, I, I, I'm, I, as I said in the past, I'm not a fan of what I call the quarterback carousel of yeah. one guy in, one guy out, unless it's a Taysom Hill thing where he's used as a weapon and it's this, it's this different thing that football really has not seen. Yeah, And we, we've seen like a play or two with Trey doing that, kind of like the Taysom Hill role, but I don't want that long-term, obviously. You know, I don't want Trey to, to be a Taysom Hill. I want Trey to be the future quarterback of the Niners, and Taysom Hill will never be the future quarterback of any franchise. As much yeah. as Sean Payton wants to adopt him, he will not be the, the franchise quarterback of any team. Um, and that has been set in stone as Jameis Winston is out for the year and Trevor Simeon comes in to replace him and does okay and Taysom Hill doesn't play at all or barely. Trevor play. Simeon has two years of starting experience under his belt. He played under Peyton Manning. You could do a lot worse for a third-string quarterback. Just saying. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not digging at Trevor at all. I'm a digging big at Trevor Taysom Simeon going. Guy. Yeah, they give they give Taysom Hill this extension before they signed Winston, I believe. And people were thinking Taysom Hill was going to be the starter, and then Jameis Winston actually wins the job in camp and is balling out and isn't throwing the picks we're used to seeing, I guess laser eye surgery does work for the most part. Um, But he's out for the year with an ACL tear, and Trevor Simeon is in. Taysom Hill is not. Let's not have Trey Lynch be be Taysom Hill is all I'm saying. 
Yeah, I think I think the thing with Trey, my my only other thoughts were Trey Watch was man, was it fun? I mean, not fun from a 49ers fan, but watching Justin Fields just rush look awesome running the football as a quarterback. I was like, man, I'm excited to see Trey do this. Justin Fields looked amazing. We're gonna talk yeah. about him in a second. Um he only I just, had 175 passing yards, but we'll get into it. Over a hundred rushing yards. I know, like I'm a Trey guy. Awesome I'm on the Trey train, but like, Choo-choo. man, man, looking at that, I'm like, I wanted Fields before the draft, and after today, I'm like, oh, we couldn't have had that guy. And you know that the fact that we picked Trey Lance at three, we moved up to get him. There's so much speculation if it was Fields, Lance, or Jones. And I, I want to say early on draft day or a few days before it became public that it was not Fields. It was going to be Lance and Jones. Do you remember yeah. that? Is that right? Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, please like be a misdirection. I want it to be, I want it to be Fields. Sure. But let's remember our former third string quarterback, Josh Rosen, UCLA boy, Yeah. where, you know, he talks about, I think the three guys picked ahead of him in the first yeah. round. He talks, he's like, there was nine mistakes ahead of me. Uh, there weren't Josh. No, you were the real mistake, Josh Rosen. But, I bet you Fields has that same feeling, and he actually went out and I wouldn't say he proved it, but he sure showed it for one game. He balled out. He's a good quarterback, and I, I like, I am not obviously. I don't think we're anywhere near being able to like say a final judgment on how this. I think we need maybe five years before we can say like, okay, who, who won this really interesting twenty twenty one QB draft? But it was, yeah. it was Fields is good. I think Lance is yeah. great. Uh, but Fields is good and it was fun to watch. That's I yeah. don't know if we want to dive in. I know we'll probably talk our offense first, but yeah, Fields looked now, Fields looked good. The one last thing I wanted to say in, in regards to the Trey Watch segment is because of the little activity there, whether it's health or whether it's just him not getting in. I feel this is kind of just a joke, but we can also do this for fun. I feel like instead of doing Trey Watch, you know, I, I didn't have time to think of a creative name, so please bear with me. I feel like it's more worth it to do a Brandon Ayuk watch. Yeah. How many receptions did he get? When was he targeted? Because yesterday he was targeted in big moments. He got the two-point conversion. He had some big plays. And every week we're wondering the same thing. How much are we going to see of this guy? How big of an impact is he going to have? Yeah. And we just we just haven't had much to go off of with Trey. But Brandon Ayuk, every week we've had like a little bit. And it's only yeah. been a little bit. And I think this is the first game where it's like, oh, is he maybe coming out of the rabbit hole? Like, is he going to be yeah. a receiver again? And, you know, I want to give some credit to Kyle Shanahan because when I saw Brandon Ayuk this game, and I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a football mind. Like, I watched a lot of football, but I'm not, I can't, like, really tell you the X's and O's and stuff like that. But when I watched this game, I was like, oh, wow. Like, it's not just that he's getting the targets and getting the snaps. Like, Brandon Ayuk looks better today. Like, he is playing better than he had been. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's there was. this game. Maybe there, but but maybe there was something going on because like he looked better in his routes and his separation, all yeah. that stuff. So maybe we're back to maybe we can finally start getting some 2020 Ayuk. And if we can get Ayuk the way he was playing last year, combine that with Debo the way he's playing this year, and Kittle back. I don't know if there's a receiving core that's better than ours in the NFL. If Ayuk starts playing like he did last year and Debo keeps playing the way he's playing this year, and we get Kittle back, and we get Kittle back. <laughs> And we actually throw the ball to Kyle Juszczyk, my favorite player of all time. Yeah, you're a big one reception yesterday. It, it drove me nuts. He's just incredible. He, he's a he's a mini George Kittle. 
He's the yeah. same player. He, he blocks like crazy. And I'm going to tell you about his best block later in this podcast. But, man, he just – oh, one of the – okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah, but um, big snaps to Brandon Ayuk. He, uh, he showed up today. Should we talk Debo? I don't think we have taken some time on this podcast to just talk about Debo Samuel. I want to make one note about my boy Talanoa Hufunga okay. before, before we'll talk we get Talanoa the, and then we can talk we'll, Debo. We'll, we'll do breakdown and we'll start with Debo. Talanoa Hufunga got his first career start and he made a huge impact early. He, he played good. every defensive snap. Now, veteran Josh Norman, who is not in his prime and will not be, but is, was one of the best cornerbacks at a time. And he is a solid cornerback, at least career-wise. And I've listeners, if you've listened to multiple podcasts of these, you might not understand how I feel about Josh Norman because I've been very hot and cold. Yeah. I ripped him apart, I think, in week six or seven. And then the next week, I praised him. Um, and I will praise him again this week. But this is a quote from Josh Norman. This is what he had to say about safety Talanoa Hufunga. He was great. He was everything we asked for and then some. He wasn't scared of the moment. A guy like that, He's always going to get better. He's a rookie for crying out loud. He played like a vet today. Glad he's on our team. We get to, we get to do Trey Watch each week. I just wanted to make my one note about Talanoa sure. freaking Funga and just say that he killed it. Good job, Talanoa Funga. I'm going to say my note on Debo Samuel. Seriously. I don't know if we've sat down and like talked about the fact. I just don't think we've taken some time on the episode to be like, isn't he's leading the NFL in receiving yards right now? Yes. Oh, by a chunk. And he's I'll get the on, numbers right now. He's on pace to to be the 49ers all-time leaving leading wide receiver in a season. And I don't know, that's that's like not that impressive or anything. There's not like some great wide receiver that played for the 49ers whose record he would be breaking, is he? Oh wait, he'd actually be breaking Jerry Rice's record who's the best wide receiver in NFL history. And it's not particularly close. And Debo Samuel is on track to break Jerry Rice's record in receiving yards in a single season for the 49ers this season. Debo Samuel is setting, he's at like what? 800 receiving yards this year. And it's not at 819. Yeah. So that's actually not leading the NFL right now, but it was going into the bye week and you factor in the fact that not every team has had their bye week. And that's, you know, that's that, but, Debo is, I think he's second after Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup is on pace to have the best wide receiver season ever. But Which Debo is Samuel insane. Is, yeah, Cooper Cup's insane. He has ten touchdowns. Football. He has but, ten touchdowns after week eight. Yeah, but Debo is playing at another level right now in terms of 49ers wide receivers, and it's just I don't know if we've taken some time to note like Debo is having not just a career year. Like he's having an all-time NFL year, and I think it's getting dwarfed because Cooper yeah. Cup is doing the same. But that shouldn't take away from the fact that Debo Samuel is playing lights out right now. So claps to Debo. And, and if you're uh, if yeah. you're in a fantasy football, Cooper Cup's in a redraft league, Timmy. He's what third round at at the at the latest. Yeah, is he? He's probably not a second round wide receiver. I, I mean, maybe I played a guy who had Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel and AJ Brown as his three receivers in my redraft league yesterday. So, and you but this is there's no way <laughs> I would have. I, I was actually pretty close. If if Daniel wow. got, if Danny Dimes Daniel Jones had had like ten more fantasy points out of one. Oh wow, those are um, those are three dudes. But anyway, yeah, Debo Samuel playing lights out. Let's talk 49ers just in general. 
Want to start with the offense? I do. Uh, I could talk about Debo for days. Um, I have him in our dynasty league that you and I played against each other this week. Look at did us you go. Win? You officially won, right? I did. Oh. And I give all credit to Debo. Um, credit to Debo. I just want to say one more thing about, well, not about him, but about his play yesterday. His yardage, and his yardage doesn't come in, like, garbage time. It's like he doesn't have his stats just because of garbage time. Like, we haven't even had garbage time in our games. Like, we've been fighting for every win. Yeah, that's true. And, but his 83-yard his play, yeah. we were, like, third and 19, third and 17, I believe. Yeah. And Kyle said, either in his press conference or I just read this, that play design, it was just a, a screen. It was a screen pass. And the goal of that play was to set up Mitch, Mitch Wisnowski for a punt. We're third and 19. We're way down in our own zone. The play design was, hey, we're going to do a screen pass to Debo. Debo, get as far up the field as you can to set up Mitch for a punt. He surpassed the first down by quite a lot. I mean, I thought he scored screen pass. He was so he was inches away his foot. I I'm not going to argue it. It was, it was out of bounds, but like, I saw someone tweet a video to that play. I don't know who it was. So apologies. And it was just, where were you when Debo Samuel saved the 49ers season? Seriously. I mean, but like, that is who he is. This, the play design. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Kyle said that this was a screen pass to set up a punt. You're third and 19 or 17. It was third and way too long. Get as far up as you can to set up a punt. So he's like, he's like, I'll do you one better, Kyle. I'll I'll set up a field goal at least. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think it was a big bummer that he didn't get in the end zone. He looked pretty dang tired after that run. Yeah. But yeah. That one Uh, did lead to a touchdown on the next play, I think. That one did. I just had that, I had that blended in with the end of the second quarter where. Jimmy actually aired it out to Debo. Yeah, when Jimmy Garoppolo found his deep ball. I think that might have been Jimmy's best throw all season because that was perfectly placed to Debo. Uh, A defender was all over Debo that whole play, and that was a very contested catch. He was down to the third and the fourth yard line, and we were first and goal. uh, or The play was on second and goal. Debo does just an out route right at the goal line and Jimmy leads him just a little too much. It's out Jimmy of reach. Almost. It was, it was honestly like fairly well thrown. Debo almost pulled it in with one hand. It was a tough, it was a diving, almost one handed grab. So, and Jimmy like, needed to get rid of the ball in time to kick. I agree. It was, it was messy. I, but. I get it. It, yeah, it was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pick at those few inches to where it would have been a catch if it was just a little closer. Yeah. The, the bummer, I get it. I think we were down six to 13 at that point. Yeah. I just would have loved with the season we've had, I would have loved to see Kyle be just overly aggressive. Two seconds left, third and four, third and goal. Go for it. Yeah. I kind of thought that too. Let's, let's get in the end zone. We have, but it a was the game. right decision. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say he made a wrong one. I just personally wish. And especially with the outcome of the game, I don't think it was the wrong call at all. Like he kept us in the game. We were four point deficit. Deficit. Wow. Apparently that's a tough word. Thank you. We were four points down uh, going into half. Not a, not a bad, not a bad. And I think that the 49ers offense 
played way better in the second half too. So I think that deep ball was the the spark that really got things going. Um, let's awful. talk about Jimmy Garoppolo not only discovering his deep ball, but also discovering his hidden talents as a dual threat quarterback. We had two rushing touchdowns from Jimmy G last, yesterday. And neither of them were like QB sneaks. One of them was the play just kind of broke down and Jimmy ran it in. And one was a designed read option, a called read option that Jimmy kept and took into the end zone. It was in that order, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Props to Jimmy. I don't know if Kyle saw the first one and was like, okay, that worked. Like, let's do that again. But props to Jimmy for just being willing to do anything to help the team. Yeah, I, I go back and forth. Um, I love the fact that, you know, our quarterback, I love when I see, I think Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback to see rushing touchdowns from other than so active. I'm going to go with Peyton Manning is my favorite of all time, just because it's so fun watching him getting a rushing touchdown. But Aaron Rodgers is my favorite active quarterback to watch rush for the ball, rush for a touchdown. I really Um, liked the Drew Brees jump and reach QB sneak. Oh yeah. Do you see this Jersey right here on my wall? Daniel has a Drew Brees Jersey on his wall. Sure does. Um, I just get so nervous with Jimmy rushing, especially that second touchdown. It was not an easy, uh, easy time for him getting across the goal line. He dove in, um, dove right into a Chicago Bears defender or two. Um, he was fine, but I love aggressiveness to fight for that touchdown, to fight for those runs. But I'm also like, okay, you're pretty delicate don't hurt yourself. Like we have a lot of guys who can also run the ball in the end zone. Like I love seeing those sweeps with Debo or Ayuk, you know, Kyle Juszczyk's pretty good. He could do that same thing. Um, and I get, I get the first one was not a, a design, but the second one was, and that was where he had to fight a little bit more. And I do think the fact that he got in there on the first touchdown, um, I think that sparked Kyle going, Hey, we're going to do another one. Let's, let's go for it. They're not going to expect this. I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was great and it worked. Um, totally. Yeah. The Niners offense hit a rhythm. We already talked about Brandon. Ayuk looked great. Um, Debo yep. Samuel looked great. Elijah Mitchell. Let's just read. Let's just read these numbers. We got to get it out of here. 18 attempts, 137 yards, a longest run of 39 yards. Beautiful and run. One touchdown where he moved the pile, probably five yards and just, I mean, I'm an Elijah Mitchell guy now, Daniel. Absolutely. I, I have him in both. I drafted him in two Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues. Thank you very much. Um, everyone else was trying to get him off the waivers. I already had him in two leagues. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, 49ers running back of the future, question mark. I also kind of think that should be the case. I think he's – Raheem Mostert Jr.? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's fast. He's he's a great he's a great running back, and he's he's doing the power running too. That's what's most impressive is we saw him as a like a get the get to the edge guy, and Trey Sermon as the between the tackles guy. Turns out Elijah Mitchell is just both, and Trey Sermon is neither. And but I um, hate that. I want to. I mean, I don't hate the fact that Mitchell can do it both. Like I yeah. love that fact that we haven't seen Trey Sermon at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, if it's a if it's the same thing as, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk for Kyle, like needing him to practice harder, whatever it is, I just I don't get it. Well, Sermon um, hasn't looked good when he's been out there, really either. He's a rookie. So is Elijah same, Mitchell. I know. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't meaning like, oh, he's a rookie. Of like, of course he's not going to look good. 
but he's going to need his time. Um, when Trey Lance has been out there, I wouldn't say he looked good. I think he looks promising and he, he got it done, but I, I, I wouldn't say that Trey Lance has looked good or great out there. Uh, but you know, Justin's Justin, Justin Fields did yesterday and Elijah Mitchell certainly has almost every single game, but yeah, I guess it's just the fact that we spent a high traffic on him and there was so much hype about him and he's just been a ghost. And I, I, I want to see that opportunity at least given to him. And so I think it's frustrating for me, not even seeing him get that opportunity in the game, but again, I'm not at practice. I don't hear much of practice. I wish I did. I was thinking right before we started doing a podcast today, man, like I would love to just get to watch like one practice a week and just see a little bit behind the scenes. And I think I would, I would view things a lot differently, but I do love Elijah Mitchell. Um, I do have him in my other dynasty league that you're not in. So you didn't steal him from me. Um, But I I would love to see Trey Sermon get involved, but until he does, Elijah Mitchell can keep getting it done because this is this is fun to watch. Yeah. So good good for Elijah Mitchell. I don't have much else on the offense. I thought it I was do. The, oh, okay, perfect. I was just gonna say I thought it was the best offensive game we've had all season. Daniel, let's hear it. It certainly was one of them. I wanted to talk about Kyle Ustacek's block. Oh yeah. Kyle Ustacek had one of the best blocks, and I just think it no one noticed it in the play, or at least the announcers didn't notice it. I'm freaking out watching this block. It was just, I just, I swear it was like a George Kittle block where I think he was laughing afterwards at Pancake where I guess not necessarily Pancake, he didn't roll over him. But if, if you know Robert Quinn, he's the 40, uh, 40 he is the Chicago Bears, either outside linebacker, um, defensive end. He, he flip-flops. Um, he's a big dude. He's a known name. He's getting a little yeah. older, but he, he's a solid dude. And Kyle destroyed him. He was just finishing a block. I believe it was Trent blocking him. It might have been late, uh, Lake and Tomlinson left the guard, right? Um, I don't remember which one of them was finishing the block, but they, they blocked him. They, they kind of pushed off each other. And Kyle just leveled him. And then Elijah Mitchell goes on. I don't think it was his 39-yard run, but it was his next longest one. It was for at least 20 yards. Um, and so that is just, those are the things that Kyle does. People don't notice the blocks all the time. You know, we're always watching Elijah Mitchell when he's running the ball, but also when he goes on long runs like that, it's not just him. Like I, for, for people who might not understand the ins and outs of football, big plays like that are never a one man thing. So watching those blocks and seeing guys blow up, blow up the defenders, is almost more fun for me than seeing a guy get 20 yards downfield. I love yeah. seeing when, when guys like that blow up the block. So just wanted to give credit to where it's due for Kyle Juszczyk, but let's get time. into this defense because yeah, this defense, defense showed up yesterday. Yeah. Our defense looked good. I'm just, I was just excited. We had a pick. It was nice to see, to see the Josh Norman interception right at the end to put the game away. To ice just, it. Yeah, to ice it, it's just nice to see some luck finally going our way in terms of the interceptions. Um, yeah, was it Justin good? Fields, he only had 175 passing yards. So we haven't seen Fields. I didn't get to look at the games prior to us that he started. 
he hasn't had a lot of passing yards. I don't know if he's eclipsed 300 yet in a single game. Yeah. So I don't think it's as much of, oh, our defense shut him down. I think it's a, it's a mixture of he's not throwing the ball a whole lot and we, we did make it tough for him. Yeah. But he did get over hundred yards rushing, as we said. Yeah. That was beautiful. I do think we've talked about how like we had been better against rushing quarterbacks this season. This was not one of those games. No, but again, what you said to start the season, Marcel Harris was involved and I do believe he at least had one sack. He did. He did have a sack. I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now. The 49, we, I think we had four sacks on him. We had Bosa had two. Nope. Nice to get Bosa out there. Absolutely. had, had one. It was, he had his best game by far. I mean, two sacks, a couple, I think he had a, a decent amount of pressures and yeah. then, or they're not two sacks, one sack, two tackles, decent amount of pressures, like great game from him. Great to just see somebody else besides, um, besides Nick Bosa showing up on that D line. So hopefully other players can follow that lead, but anytime someone besides Bosa can step up, that really, that helps Bosa that helps the 49ers. That was great to see. I'm pretty sure the Chicago bears O-line is not great at all. Um, I want to say that I can name probably, and this isn't as much of a, a flex as it might sound like, as more of it is. I can't name any of the uh, O-line players on the Bears, but I can name probably almost at least one or two O-line players on 90% of the NFL team. So that just shows that the Bears is either a really young O-line or inexperienced, not that good. Yeah. Either way, both are getting two sacks. You know, we were talking last week, if our defense is going to continue to show up, it needs to be led with Bosa. You know, we've, we've talked about how Eric Armstead has just not been around. And I don't really think he was this game very much either. He just looks slow out there to me. I don't know what's wrong with him this season, but he is not looking like the, the D line player that we, we should have extended instead of DeForest Buckner. So that's a bummer. We talked a little bit about that last week, but you know, playing him playing Buckner last week and then seeing Armstead play the way he did yesterday just bums me out. But Bosa getting two sacks, him showing up was huge. Samson Ebukum, I think is easily our best uh, tier two defensive lineman. And I'm hoping that he gets a good amount of snaps. At least uh, I was going to say sparse the ball around, but they're not necessarily touching the ball. Our D line gets a lot of breaks. We're putting in B team, some of the some of the lower guys, even on like C team. Technically, they're getting snaps every game. Um, no defensive lineman is, is playing even I think seventy percent of the snaps, yeah. maybe close to seventy percent. But out of the seventy snaps that we had, I don't think any of them eclipsed. I want to say this is just off of memory from looking at it. I want to say Bosa had fifty-seven is the number in my head. So that's definitely a, a, a number of, of snaps out there for for some of the lower totem pole defensive linemen. He had fifty-seven snaps, which is eighty-one percent of the snaps. Yeah. Okay, eighty-one, eighty-one percent's not not too bad for our our leading pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of pass rushing, it was there. The pressure was there all day. This was that pass rush we were told we had when we played against yes. a very bad O-line of the Chicago Bears. But it was there. It was nice to see it. It was there all day. Um, They'd been telling Justin, us it existed. Yeah, and we finally saw it. Justin Fields handled it well. Um, he had a lot of scrambles, and 
he had to work for them. Nothing was handed to Justin Fields. That's yesterday. for sure. He had to work for every single yard that he wanted to rush for. Um, and he is fast. Um, I can't think of another quarterback other than Lamar or Kyler who yeah. just from the he hit 20 time. miles an hour. That doesn't He's like 200 and something pounds. And he was running over 20 miles an hour yesterday. Yeah. Isn't he 6'4"? Or is that that's Trey? Trey six. I think he's, I think he's also six four. Justin Fields is a big guy, two hundred and twenty seven pounds. Wow, six three. Yeah, L- Lamar and Kyler, or especially Kyler, are smaller guys, and so when they're quick and shifty, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. But Justin, you know, bigger. But that was like Cam Newton. Moves. Yeah, exactly. I think he's. I think Cam Newton is the perfect perfect comparison for him. Yeah. So I was I was mightily impressed with Justin. He. Mm-hmm. He didn't necessarily, you know, carve up our defense or run through it as well as some of the other guys we've seen have. Yeah. But he really made every single scramble count. Um, and that touchdown he had, you know, it was a designed run, but we sent a blitz and he, he, it wasn't even like something like crafty, like we see with Lamar where he just jukes all these guys. He found the holes, he ran into the right gaps and he saw room downfield and he made it in. So good for him. Um, yeah, I was impressed with Fred Warner um, with Aziz I'll share out Fred Warner really was the only starting linebacker um, yeah playing in fouls was the next guy in and he did okay Marcel Harris had five tackles one for a loss and one sack yeah um, and I think our secondary did great and that's not just because Hufunga was there Mosley had four tackles Josh Norman had seven a, a late time interception to ice the game he had a great pass deflection and a forced fumble. So he's yeah. all over the he's all over the stat book. Um, this might only make sense in my head, but here we go. I've compared Josh Norman to an ex-girlfriend that I wanted to get rid of so badly at a time. And then I realized I couldn't live without. And I'm just begging to stay around now. He was a huge factor in the game, and he's just been all over the stat book. So yeah. Take that analogy for what you will, and we'll probably never speak to this again. Probably but, not. No. <laughs> Josh but yeah, Norman, Norman has, has really switched the script on me. I agree. He's grown on me. It was nice to see the pick. It was. A, it wasn't necessarily like a great pick. It was kind of just, oh, there's no. the ball. Let me grab it out of the air. But you know what? That counts. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll take it. It's his first one of the season. He needs it. We we need that in the stat book for him. We need that mm. encouragement for what it is. And that really put the game away. So, yeah, matters. But yeah, good defensive showing from our defense. Um, we won't play rookie quarterbacks every week, but it is nice to play them well on defense when we do. We are sure not playing one next week. No. Do you want to talk a little bit about next week's matchup? Uh, want to? No. But should we probably? Yes. Yeah. 49ers still looking for their first home win of the season. Taking Which on is disgusting. Yeah, that is terrible. Taking is, on the Arizona Cardinals again. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals travel to the Bay Area. Um, the last time they played, it was Trey's first start. 49ers hung in there. They shut down Kyler Murray like not many teams have. Um, the Cardinals actually are coming off their first loss to the Packers last week. That scares me a little. But I have always felt like 49ers and Cardinals games are weird. And I've always felt like the, we tend to split games with them. And I still feel that way. I think the 49ers are going to pull this one off. Um, I think Jimmy, all the best games I've ever seen Jimmy play been against the Cardinals. Um, Yeah, I think we're going to win. 
I'm I'm nervous for the game. Obviously, we're playing still one of, if not the best team in the league. I think the Packers are number one in the power rankings because they're also, I think, a one-loss team and beat the Cardinals. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I was I was looking through what I think the the three keys to success for this next week could be. Um. And I had a really hard time doing it. Um. What I said last week and maybe even the week before was first downs. Just uh, to refresh your memory, we have been 35% first down conversions this year. And in 2019, when our team was lights out, it was at at least 45%. Yeah. Haven't seen it. You know, we didn't punt yesterday, but we still turned the ball over in other ways. Um, so I guess that's improvement. But we've got to be able to have those long drives. I feel like the only way that we're getting all the way downfield is on an 83-yard screen pass dump to Debo and he just gets us all the way down there. Jimmy yeah. did have one awesome deep ball to Debo, but I'm going to be honest and say that was once in a blue moon. And that is not something we can expect. Debo did not fit or Debo. Jimmy did not figure out how to throw an awesome deep, uh, deep ball overnight. Um, and I expected, you know, I, I feel so not, I don't feel bad. I just don't love saying that that's a fluke the fact that that was perfectly placed and thrown so well, I think was, you know, kind of like him closing his eyes and hucking it down there and it worked. So we need to convert on those first downs and they need to not be on these massive runs every single time. Yeah. The second thing, the second key is if you look back to, I mean, we played them two weeks ago, I guess three technically because it was Cardinals by no, it was Cardinals by Colts bears. Right. Yeah. Cardinals by Colts, Bears, Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay. So we did, I mean, the same thing with the Seahawks. We played them pretty dang close to each other, right? Yeah. I think they were yeah. two weeks apart. It was Seahawks and Cardinals. Yeah. So our defense showed up. The final score against the Cardinals in Arizona was 17 10. Does that sound right? Yeah. That is right. Not a score you would be thinking from the Cardinals offense or defense that we've seen all year. So we talked about how our defense shut them down. Uh, running back for the Cardinals barely got any yardage. They both averaged like two point something for the game. Kyler James Murray Carter barely had any rushing yards. I don't even, I don't even know if he had one. I think yeah. it was like one because he had some negative. Um, yeah, we shut him down. We did amazing. Our defense was incredible and they did great. The last two games, well, more so against the Bears than they did the Colts. But if we're going to have any chance against the Cardinals, our defense needs to do exactly what it did the first time. But our offense needs to be there. Our defense yeah. had their best game against the Cardinals, and our offense did not. And that was Trey Lance's first official start. So I'm curious to see how much of Trey, if at all, we see next week. But we're going to need to see – the offense in a big way if we're going to have a chance against the Cardinals. And our, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be minimal, Trey, if any. I think it's going to be mostly Jimmy. I think the offense moves well. Um, I think hopefully Elijah Mitchell gets going. I, I like to see Trey. I If they told me tomorrow Trey was starting, I'd be excited. Like, I'm good with that. But I think it seems like it's going to be Jimmy. That's what the cards are saying. Kittle's going to be back. That's huge. Um, that'll move the ball. But, yeah, I mean, our offense with Trey – almost won the last time. And I, I guess I kind of think the offense might be better with Trey, but we did enough on offense. Like, I think 
I think we'll be okay. I'm excited for this game. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be weird. Cardinal, as you said, Cardinals games always are. Um, I'm going to give credit to our defense on that close game last time we played them, and Trey helped keep us in it and got us a touchdown. Um, but if we're going to see anything close, our defense needs to do just what they did, and offense needs to do more if we're going to win this game. So the third key to success that I had was I wanted to as, you know, we've got to capitalize on the turnovers. I haven't seen us do that yet. Didn't have a whole lot yesterday. So I threw in another one, and that is the next man up mentality because we are injured once again with D Ford out, Aziz Alshare out. Uh, hopefully they're going to be back for the Cardinals on Sunday, but they were out this last week. Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart, both out. we got backup safeties coming in. And not that they're not up for the challenge because Hufunga can do anything, but it is that next man up mentality they need to be ready to go and we need to see this depth that you and i talked about so much in the preseason um i really really hope that aziz al share is back i hope that uh kittle does have a decent week of practice and is able to play i hope that robbie gold is able to step in there and get back in the game and not miss a field goal or an extra point um i'm not a huge fan of joey sly on the niners i don't want to see any more of these missed field goals. I don't remember how deep it was. I just don't think it was very deep and it was not even close, but it's that next man up mentality. These guys got to be ready to go and they need to contribute. Um, I'm not going to, I don't want any defensive lineman to get injured, but I want to see Samson Ebukum in the game. I don't, I want to see us fit him in a little more somehow. And if that's taking snaps from Eric Armstead, so maybe he gets a fire lit under his butt, then that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I think, I think that's a great, that's a great key to success is let's get next man up. Let's get in there. Let's fight for our spots and let's, let's beat the Cardinals. Any parting thoughts. And what I mean by parting thoughts is any wild predictions of what we're going to see next week against the Cardinals. I don't know. Is my prediction that the 49ers win wild? Cause I just, I think the 49ers are going to win. I mean, yeah, it has to be wild in terms of we're, Oh man, three and four, right? Three and four. Yeah. Three That's four. embarrassing that I didn't even know that right off the top of my head. Well, three, three and four three is four. embarrassing too. Sure, absolutely. Cardinals are seven and one. Uh yeah. Yeah. Seven they have another buy yet. So yes, of course, that's a, a crazy prediction that a three and four team is gonna beat a seven and one. It's doable. We were close last time. Um how many receptions does Brennan Ayuk get? Four. Four this last week. Yeah, four or five. Seven targets. Seven targets for four receptions. I want to be bold and, and say he's going to get like eight targets for six six receptions and yeah. 80 yards. Um, I'm hoping we're going to see a little more usage from him. And maybe I'm going the wrong way with Kittle being back. Maybe with Kittle being back, we're going to see less of him because we have our future Hall of Fame tight end back. Yeah. I think Kittle being be out there. there is going to be nice. The defense yeah. needs to be there. It's going to be a weird game. I really just think it's going to be weird. But, yeah, the defense needs to be there. We're going to need to do to Kyler what we did last time, which is hard to do. But we've got it in us. We've seen it before. Let's get out there. Let's beat the Cardinals. Let's get that home win, and let's save this season. Come on, Marcel Harris, shut him down. Shut him down. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Daniel, any, any parting thoughts for the listeners out there? 
I just I'm I'm just thinking about what we're saying about it being a weird game. It is. It's not going to be one you want to miss. None of our games are any that you want to miss. Is is heart wrenching as they are sometimes. Uh, this is going to be a good one. So make sure you tune in and hope that we prepare you enough for what you're going to see. Yeah, have a good one. Keep an eye. The NFL trade deadline is going to be tomorrow, uh, November 2nd, Tuesday. So keep an eye out for that if the Niners make any moves. Doesn't sound like we will, but you never know. And uh, stay safe out there, listeners.